Hey everyone, surprise, we're back. Yes, this is our second episode in one day because we woke up this morning to an article from the New York Times about Maggie Haney and we have a lot of thoughts that we just couldn't wait until next week to talk about it. We really wanted to talk about it now, so this is a little bonus episode for you guys. We're going to be discussing Maggie Haney's comments and also the video that was linked in the article, so we just want to put a disclaimer that we will be listening to that video while we talk today, so if you don't want to hear it, then please just avoid this episode. So we've gotten a few comments from people on our Twitter, our other Twitter, our Triple Twist Gym blog Twitter, and people are saying that we shouldn't be bringing attention to this video. And while, you know, we understand the mindset behind wanting to protect the victims of Maggie from seeing it, the reality is, is that it's a public matter involving famous gymnasts, so it's going to be talked about. The New York Times literally linked to the video in their article. So it was going to get spread around and the athletes were probably going to see it regardless. We can't really protect them from that, unfortunately, because just like with the Larry Nassar scandal, you really can't avoid it. You go on social media and you see it. It's a public matter. It's yeah. a big thing. I was just going to say that's kind of how social media is. Things spread pretty quickly and especially when they're newsworthy things, you mm-hmm. know, things are being said. It's going to get spread around. People talk one way about or the it. Other. But I do think for the athletes in their perspective, seeing people support you can kind of help soften the blow a little bit, especially when it's such a big thing. So we personally feel that staying silent kind of allows Maggie and her entourage of people to have the power to gaslight and discredit these girls who have come forward. You know, imagine this New York Times article gets posted and say Lori for example, wakes up and she sees this article and imagine that the gym turned out is completely silent. That would be so wrong, I feel like. She would probably think that, like, nobody cared or that we were over it or that we don't have anything to say or that maybe, you know, we just believe Maggie. I mean, I don't know. There's there's so many things that could be going through her head if she saw this going around and saw nobody talking about it. Because at this point, it's like everyone's been talking about it anyway, so why are we suddenly going to stop talking about it when something new comes out? Right. Why are we going to let Maggie have the final word? And that's just it. The thing is, is that Maggie wants us to be silent. She wants us to stop talking about it. She wants everyone to believe her, and she wants that New York Times article to be the final thing that we hear on this matter. So that's why we can't be silent. So this New York Times article that came out today, which is November 30th, it features Maggie Haney and a bunch of her supporters, and it's titled, A Gymnastics Coach Accused of Emotional Abuse Speaks Out. And this is the first time that Maggie Haney has spoken out publicly since her suspension. And the thing that I don't like about it is that the New York Times is basically giving Maggie their platform, which is huge. The New York Times yeah, is a very a huge big, platform. Yeah. Um, they're giving her their platform to, you know, gaslight and discredit the girls that she's mistreated. And I want to say, you know, as a journalist, I understand being impartial and wanting to represent both sides, but it just feels wrong in this instance. You know, this is a very personal, emotional, and difficult thing for the gymnasts who have come forward to do. You know, this is difficult for them. This is a difficult time. And there are legal documents from several athletes detailing the abuse that they suffered at the hands of Maggie and Victoria Levine. So this isn't just a matter of, like, he said, she said. This is, like, well-documented and supported by several gymnasts. And to give Maggie such a big, high-profile platform where she can even attempt to discredit these girls or play the victim, it's just kind of offensive and potentially really harmful for those who have come forward. Yeah, even the title, you know, a gymnastics coach accused of emotional abuse speaks out. Like, why are we giving somebody who was accused by multiple different girls of emotional abuse and physical abuse a platform to speak out like the title itself is problematic and just the fact that she's getting her own like feature story in a major publication is just i don't know it doesn't sit well with me yeah and the video which we're about to play here in a minute you know when i first pulled up the video i was like what is this what am i watching like Mm -hmm. the production of it seemed like a documentary like it was very well put together it you know, at first glance, it looked like something from Flow, you know, yeah. a Beyond the Routine series that they used to do. So this video was linked in the New York Times article, and it was uploaded to YouTube by a user called Jimfax. <laughs> and kind of like an anonymous <laughs> gym user, apparently. Yeah. Very strange. Um, and in the New York Times article, they said it was a public relations firm that Maggie hired to restore her reputation. Of course, what really matters here, right? Maggie's reputation. 
And yeah, like you said, it was a really nice quality feature and it had like sit down interviews and stuff. So it was nice in that sense, but it was overall pretty gross and I couldn't even finish watching it because I was so angry. So I'm going to actually finish it here now on this episode, but I couldn't even, I had so many thoughts going through my head and I was so angry and I felt like I needed to just let all my thoughts out there because I'm very, very not happy with this video. Audacity of... <laughs> like Maggie and these parents and I mean I'm not necessarily blaming the public relations firm because obviously this is just a job for them and like they're gonna take money wherever they can get it but like who does that you know people who are manipulative I was gonna say it's not that surprising to me unfortunately Maggie we already know is an incredibly manipulative person as all abusers are and this is just typical narcissist behavior mm -hmm. so we're gonna listen to that video and respond as we go Again, if you don't want to hear it, I understand this stuff can be hard for people that deal with like toxic, narcissistic people. It's hard to listen to it. So, you know, don't listen to this episode if you really don't want to hear it. If you do want to hear it, we encourage you to watch the video once through on your own just so you can understand it and kind of get the full picture without any interruptions from us because we are going to be pausing this video anytime we have something to say and it could get kind of crazy. So, Although I have heard people on Twitter say that they don't want to watch it because they don't want to give it views, which is completely understandable. Mm -hmm. So this can be, you know, your view right here incognito. That's They'll true. never know that you heard it. I just want people to understand that we're going to be like pausing it and talking about it as we go. So if you want to listen to it like smoothly once through then we will link it as well as the new york times article in our show notes also just want to say if we're yelling in this at all we're sorry Brittany and i have pretty like naturally loud voices we, we hear that all the time no i don't think our voices are loud i think that when we're not like consciously trying to control our tone we naturally like yell yeah but like our voice itself like is not that loud i get told i'm yelling all the time and i'm really not or at least i'm not trying to so if we are at some point like screaming in your ears, we do really apologize. <laughs> well, we'll try not to do that. Oh, and real quick, I just want to do a quick summary of what's happened in case you're not fully in the loop of what's going on. I also think it's helpful as you listen to this to know more of the details of what Maggie has been yeah, quote the, unquote accused of. The backstory, I guess. So... Nearly a dozen girls have come forward. Not all of them have been public. The biggest names that were public were Lori Hernandez, Riley McCusker. Those are her most high-profile athletes, and they're the ones that are kind of being pushed into the spotlight during all this because they are the most high-profile athletes. They were kind of like the face of mm -hmm. that gym. But there are several more athletes that have come forward anonymously um, that were a part of the investigation done by USA Gymnastics. And that's where all this information and the allegations are coming from. And it's been well documented that Haney and Victoria Levine, the combination of them, would pull hair, scream, swear, body shame the girls. They told the girls that if they were on their periods, that was proof of them being fat. As if that's not, like, a normal thing that a developing girl goes through. Right. They would call names. There was claims of there being a retarded group in the gym. Victoria and Maggie would mock girls when they were scared. And there was one instance where they asked a girl if she had Tourette's. We've heard so many girls say that they would have to remove their cast and train them all injured. And it got so bad to the point where the parents would have to request plaster cast be put on. So Maggie couldn't get it off in the gym. Which is absolutely pathetic. Mm -hmm. And a massive red flag. Mm -hmm. They also had an athlete who had a seizure and had multiple skull fractures after they refused to spot her during practice. And also there's just the long-term like mental consequences that comes from this kind of behavior. Um, we've heard girls suffering from panic attacks, depression, eating disorders, suicidal thoughts. There was one gymnast who wasn't named, but her mom spoke in the original article that came out from the Orange County Register. And she said that her daughter would pull out her eyelashes and eyebrows. So girls are suffering from this in so many ways. And, you know, we've heard Lori specifically talk about, like, taking time off and kind of losing her love for the sport because... For a while there, she thought it was gymnastics that she hated and not, you know, the people that were making her hate it, which was her coaches. Yeah, and I think young girls, you have to remember that these girls are minors. They're all under the age of 16 when this was happening to them. And it's hard for a kid to really know 
what's right, what's wrong. They just know the environment they're in. They see their friends around them getting treated the same way. And they start to think that it's normal. Mm -hmm. And that's also what makes it so hard for someone to speak out. They don't want to be that one person that speaks out and, you know, potentially ruins their career. Because we know how that works. We know there can be backlash. I think there's a lot of different reasons why somebody would be afraid to speak out. And I think there's a lot of reasons why somebody wouldn't necessarily know that they were being abused until years later. Exactly. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into this video. Yeah, I would say I was at the top of my career in 2016. I was definitely enjoying what I was doing. Myself and my other coaches, we were producing some great athletes. They were accomplishing amazing things. Um, Our team was happy. The girls were happy. Everybody... Were they happy? Is that for you to tell them? Right. That's, there's your first example of gaslighting, telling people that they are happy when they clearly do not feel happy. Like, you don't get to tell someone how they feel. And just because someone has a smile on their face when they're at the Olympics getting a gold medal doesn't mean that it didn't come at some sort of cost, that there wasn't some other feeling inside. Again, not really your place, Maggie. Thriving. We were winning. There was no drama. Everybody got along. I did have a lot of kids calling from all over the country, um, wanting to move to New Jersey to come train under my, me and my coaches and my team. It's, it's, it really is mind-blowing how a family can say something, and next thing you know, you're just being put through the ringer and you're a terrible person because one person says it. What, one person? Or, I'm sorry, how many? At least a dozen have come forward, like we said. Why are so. we acting like it's just one person who's trying to ruin your career? Why are we acting like it's one person? There is more than one person who has spoken out against you, Maggie. I didn't say anything for a very long time because of a confidentiality agreement that you I signed. Say anything at all. And then when I was reading into it, it very clearly says that if there are misstatements or inaccurate facts, there were lies. They were not true. They're fabricated. They were taken out of context. They were disgusting. Change stories. So I have to say something because it's not right. This morning, a grim milestone for the sport of gymnastics. I do have days where I really struggle to even get up in the morning. The whole situation with Larry Nassar came to light. It was in June, I believe, of 2015. My very good friend called me and told me what her gymnast had experienced. And she was upset and she was freaking out and didn't know what to do and she called me like asking for advice what to do you don't know what to do um here i have an idea for you why don't you call the fucking police someone's reporting sexual abuse a child reporting sexual abuse to you and you're calling maggie haney because you don't know what to do you call the police yeah, and I don't think, now in hindsight, I don't think Maggie Haney's the best person to go to for advice on how to handle any kind of abuse. Well, right, but still, ugh, to me, it's the fact that they don't know what to do. How do you not know what to do in these situations? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And I said, you need to call USA Gymnastics. Luckily, none of my athletes were ever in that situation. They were never harmed by Larry. I was usually hovering over them. <laughs> That's right. So... I was very protective. My girls were really young. Um, so I was kind of like always, always, always with them. Not to say the other coaches weren't, but I... And this is all great, but I, I'm struggling to see how it's relevant to the accusations against Maggie being a horrible coach. Like, they're two different things in my right. opinion. They're trying to make what happened with Larry Nassar and the sexual abuse stuff with USA Gymnastics about Maggie. Yeah, they're trying to make her look like, you know, she did something good. She did something she was supposed to. Oh, I protected my girls. I was watching over them. I reported this. Or I, I advised this person to kind of take USA Gymnastics. Like, okay, cool. Like, that's great. But what does this have to do with all the other things that right. you've done? Like, on top of them, just with them. Um, and so... I called immediately, like hung up the phone and called to USA Gymnastics to let them know about this phone call that they were about to be getting. And then that was it. I stepped out of it because it really didn't involve me, but I just needed to let them know what I knew. And then obviously that coach did the same thing and passed it on to them. What it's being compared to, what's it being treated like is apples and oranges, right? Whatever happened with that fool, Larry Nassar, has nothing to do with what's going on here. You know, this man had right. 30- Valid point. So why are you bringing it up? Why are we talking about it? 
27,000 kitty porn pictures in his hard drives that he tried to get rid of. You're going to put Maggie, who it, it, it doesn't make any sense. I think they're using... Larry Nassar's in jail for the rest of his life. Maggie Haney's not. Nobody's putting them in the same category. I know. Where are they getting this narrative from? Larry Nassar, let me repeat that. Larry Nassar is in jail for the rest of his life. He, is, he faced criminal charges. Maggie Haney is not facing criminal charges. She was suspended for not even her whole life because of what she has done, what has been documented. Mm-hmm, exactly. So what this is to me is just a tactic to pull the attention away from what Maggie has done. Because when you start to compare Maggie to someone as horrible as Larry Nassar, she starts to not seem as bad. And I think that's kind of a part of her strategy. Um, to me, abuse is abuse. It's all extremely harmful to the psyche of a young person and it leaves a lasting impact on them for the rest of their lives. So to me, one abuser is not any better or worse than the other. It's all abuse and it's all horrible. As an example, to show that they will not take allegations lightly or they will address them because of their passed with Larry Nasser, the team doctor, who was the team doctor for many, many years. Maggie's not sexually abusing people. Maggie's not putting her hands on, on people. There, it's just not, these kids are not feeling that in here. So who said that? I don't understand. Can somebody please help me? I don't understand where they're getting this narrative that Maggie was sexually abusing people. This isn't about that. This and they also, you. they also act like there's not other types of abuse. Mm -hmm. So Maggie's not sexually assaulting her athletes. We're not talking about that. We're talking about her emotionally abusing her athletes. And in some cases, physically abusing her athletes. Because to me, refusing to spot someone is physical abuse. Making somebody train when you know that they're injured, that's physical abuse. Right. We're not comparing this to sexual abuse. Nobody they're, ever said that. They're completely different things. God, these people are annoying. That is a clear distinction that I think is clearly blurred in this situation. No, I think you're picking it, it for us, The fact that they can even put Larry Nasser's name in the same article as Maggie Haney is absolutely absurd. Absurd. I mean, there's not even a comparison. And that was just gave, like, all of us such a bad name. Like, we would leave our kids somewhere where we thought they were in harm. Two well, completely different situations. you kind of are. And that's the comparison. If you really want to talk about what the comparison would be, it's people, corrupt people within USA Gymnastics who are being protected. That's the comparison. And I think by continuing to send your child to a gym where there's a known abusive coach, you're enabling that person. You're protecting that person, just like so many people were doing with Larry Nassar. And that is maybe the only correlation between them. Lori started at my previous gym about 15 minutes down the road. She was five. My sister was a class teacher, like she taught recreational classes. And she came to me and said, there's this little girl, you're just going to love her. She's super talented. She's super cute. I think you should look at her. So when Lori was six, she started training under me and she followed me to this gym. And we were together all the way through the Rio Olympics. So it was over. Also, I just want to point out, do you like this sad, like, sorrowful no. music in the background? Like, this is like someone died. Maggie Haney's sitting there, like, literally playing a violin. <laughs> so it was over, over 10 years. I definitely remember after 2016, like, nothing happened. And then all of a sudden, everything was just different. Everything was changed. I was released as Lori's coach with no word as to why no information no one and a half minute conversation after almost 11 years the last time that her and i spoke on the phone we were on the phone for almost three hours uh, we had a good talk we talked about everything we talked about hair and her dancing a couple days later i was i'm laughing at the fact that her dancing she's like better about the fact that Lori was at dancing with the stars and we know that because maggie would message us on twitter and like talk crap about it oh. so i just think it's funny that even the way her tone was just then she's like we talked about hair and her dancing maggie can be in denial all she wants but she was definitely 
bitter about Lori continuing on after the Olympics and doing other things because I have messages like Facebook messages with Maggie and I think I mentioned this on the show before and I don't know if I was like ever very specific about what the messages said but she has sent messages to me where she's very rude and expresses her displeasure with things that her athletes are doing or her frustration with her athletes including Lori. Yeah I think that Maggie wanted Lori to continue on doing gymnastics after the Olympics. I'm pretty sure that at one point, like in an interview way back then, that she had said that her goal was for Lori to go to Worlds the following year. Mm -hmm. So I think that Maggie had this plan for what she wanted Lori to do. And Lori went to the Olympics, was successful, and has an amazing personality. And she, you know, naturally kind of transitioned into that role of, you know, being a celebrity, being a high-profile, famous athlete, and she started getting opportunities, rightfully so, and I think that was frustrating for Maggie. And, you know, it's hard because we don't want to necessarily speculate on what happened, but regardless, Lori's allowed to do whatever she wants to do, and I can tell just from the way that Maggie talked to me about Lori when she was on Dancing with the Stars, you know, the way she would talk about it, she had an attitude. Lise, as her coach, with no information, I didn't know anything. I wasn't told anything. To me, Lori was that, that what the world saw on the world stage. Lori was that happy, giggly, emoji face making kid. And that's how she always was to me. I never, did she have bad days in here sometimes? Yeah. But more often than not, she was happy, goofing around in here kid. And that was, that was the kid we always knew. She was on there. And that's why we were like, Lori will be great for this because she's, so happy and so outgoing and everything. These people are really struggling to understand that somebody could have a lot going on inside and not be expressing it. You know how many times I am having a terrible day and I still go to work and I put a smile on my face and I do my job? You know, some people don't like to show what they're actually feeling inside. In fact, I think that putting a smile on your face and I guess sucking it up, for lack of a better term, is actually a coping mechanism. And that's something that we see people use all the time. I think that people who tend to be perfectionists, like most athletes, they don't like to let people, you know, see them swear. Or they don't want to let someone know that they're having a problem because they're afraid that it's going to show weakness. So... To me, the fact that Lori showed up to the gym every day with a smile on her face, it it speaks volumes to her, not only her resiliency, but also, you know, how she was able to suppress her own feelings in order to not only protect herself, but also Maggie at the time. And also, you don't see everything that happens. So just because you didn't see it happening, or just because the few times that you saw Lori in the gym, she was smiling and laughing and having a good time, that doesn't mean that what she's saying happened didn't happen. People really struggle with that as well. They just can't fathom that, you know, either they, their child had a good experience or they never saw it happening personally, so they think it didn't happen. Right. And again, like we said in the beginning with Maggie... It's not this woman's job to tell Lori that she was happy. Right. Lori gets to say if she was happy. And it's sounding like she wasn't. ...to see it unfold. You know, the, the relationship with Maggie and Lori and the whole family. And that's why it's so painful. Lori's mom worked inside of this gym. She's a social worker. Wanda, and she also taught leadership classes at our gym. I think once a month we did these, and she would have the entire team, um, probably 20 girls at that time, and they would meet, and they would talk about practice and the good things that happened and the, the things that upset them and how they felt when this happened and how to flip something from a negative to a positive. And this went on for two years, and never one time did she come to me and say, Something isn't right here. Never once. Right, because if Lori would have went to her mom, you would have either threatened her or treated her different. Like, that is what abusers do. That's why people don't come forward and talk about things. And we all know that Maggie was very much capable of being like that. Mm -hmm. And also I'd like to point out that Maggie warned her gymnast not to complain about her. There were six parents that said that during the investigation that USA Gymnastics did. So she's literally telling parents not to talk about it. But then sitting here in hindsight and being like, 
Well, they didn't talk to right. me about Why it. Why did they not say something to me? Like, no, this is the first time I'm hearing about it because you threatened people. And also, I'm pretty sure Lori's parents didn't find out until after the Olympics in 2016. I remember reading that Lori was talking about it with a friend, and Lori's mom overheard her, and that's how she found out about anything that was going on in the gym. So, you know, athletes sometimes aren't always the most willing to talk about what's going on in the gym. And a lot of the times it's because they're afraid or they're maybe being brainwashed into thinking that the environment is normal and that they just need to suck it up. You know, Maggie Haney, she literally threatened to commit suicide if Riley left. So if that's not the most selfish, manipulative thing that you've ever heard, then I don't know what is. Right. Because this woman very clearly knows how to manipulate people and scares them into not saying anything. So she shouldn't be acting like all the parents know what's going on as a reason to why she's not horrible. And also... MG Elite had a policy in place where parents weren't allowed into the gym. So the only way parents would know what was going on is if the gymnasts were coming home and talking to their parents about what happened. Which, like you just mentioned, a lot of young girls with a lot on the line aren't going to do that. You would think that if someone was really felt that they were in an abusive situation, their parents wouldn't really wait until after everything was all said and done if they really wanted to take a stand and say that they felt like something was being done wrong to their child. You would do it right then. I think that you should listen to all children. Absolutely. And you should have to have proof of what is being said. You should. So is the like medical records of... Riley McCusker or even Emily Lazuski. You know, she's a, a gymnast at Pitt now, and she was the one who was forced to do a skill when she was not wanting to or was afraid to do it, and they wouldn't spot her. And she literally has, she had multiple fractures in her skull. How is that not proof? Like, she wants proof of things that can't be necessarily proven. You can't necessarily prove that she said this or she said that or remember that one time you called me this? Like, yeah, like, you can't prove that stuff always. But multiple girls all saying the same thing, how can you not believe that? How is that not enough proof for you? I understand for Maggie why that's not enough proof because she doesn't want to believe it. Right. But that's enough proof for me. And it should be enough proof for anybody that actually really knows what's going on and has heard all these details to believe what's going on. And to the mom that spoke before Maggie did saying that, you know, why wouldn't she say something, Lori, why wouldn't Lori say something, you know, back when it was happening? Again, it's kind of what we just said. This is why people don't come forward. What you're doing right now is gaslighting. And this right here is a picture perfect example of why people don't come forward, especially in a time when there's a lot more on the line. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is like you're not believing her slash all the other girls that have come forward. You're not believing them now. What makes you think you're going to believe Lori back then when she's the only person saying it? Like, you weren't going to believe her either way. So don't play the, oh, well, if this, you know, really happened, you should have said something sooner. Like, you wouldn't have believed it either way. Right. To validate what is being said. As far as this investigation, I found it very interesting who was called and who was not called. USA Gymnastics called people who I've never met once in my life. They called people who have never been inside of this gym. They called people who... I wouldn't recognize if I walked right into them and they listened to what they had to say and they did not call almost my entire team. My team took it upon themselves to write letters to USA Gymnastics and only a handful of them got a very generic response and the rest of them got nothing. I wrote to Mark Busby and I actually just sent out a group text and I said if anybody wants to write a letter um, saying how you feel that your daughter's coached at the gym and how you, how you feel about the coaches, I would encourage you to, to do this. So I did write a letter to him and he responded back and said, did anybody ask you to do this? And I said, no, it was actually my idea. And I reached out to the parents and, you know, suggested that if they wanted to do that to, to write to you. I thought we'd want to hear from the parents at the gym about what the current climate is since it seemed like he was going on um, information from the past. Information from the past. I really want to know what she means by that because Riley McCusker trained at MGLE all the way up until 
Maggie was temporarily suspended and during all the hearings and all that, that's when Riley left. And that was at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. I think um, that, like that, I forget what exactly it's called, but I'm just calling it a temporary suspension. Um, that was like February 3rd, I think, of this year. So Riley in the very beginning of 2020 was training with Maggie. So she is a current athlete. Yeah, she's a very, very current athlete. And I would definitely trust what she's saying because, you know, you can't really pull that... Well, you know, Lori's stuff happened back in 2016. Riley's stuff happened in 2019 and 2020. So that excuse doesn't really work. It's not like it's outdated complaints because Riley's very recent. So unless she's specifically referring to Lori, but still that's not right because all these allegations happened at different times. So, you know, Riley's so recent that... I would say she is pretty relevant. And to the other mom's point of why they only contacted certain people, I guess, or I think Maggie was saying that too. I guess we don't really know a whole lot about who exactly was contacted, but it's pretty clear that USA Gymnastics, when they did their investigation, they talked to parents as well as gymnasts of Maggie's directly. They talked to them directly. And I don't know what exactly she's wanting. Like, she's wanting them to talk to athletes that she knows is going to support her. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think that the experiences of the girls who are currently on Maggie's team or that currently train at that gym don't in any way change what happened in the past. They're talking to the past athletes, I'm putting past with air quotes, even though Riley's, you know, well, she is a past athlete now, but she was a current athlete at the time. Mm -hmm. Those positive experiences that some of these young girls might have, it doesn't negate anything that's still being put out there about Maggie. Everything that's in Riley's lawsuit or, you know, everything we've heard from Lori or from some of the anonymous victims. A few girls coming forward with their positive experience doesn't take away from all of the horrible, horrible things that we're hearing that happened in this gym under both Maggie Haney and Victoria Levine. And a lot of these girls are really young. You know, even in this video, there's so many girls, you know, their parents are kind of the ones speaking for them, but these girls are really young and they themselves might not even necessarily realize what exactly abuse is or what kind of behavior is not okay or is okay. And, you know, they're not really the best candidates to be giving testimonies on Maggie's, you know, coaching tactics and what she's like in the gym. Or things that just happened in the past. You know, a girl who is, you know been at MG Elite, say, for the past year. She can't speak to what happened back in 2016 with Lori or Or, some of these other girls. Or a girl that was, like, what, six years old back when this was happening to Lori? Like, you know, how qualified are they to actually speak on somebody else's experience? Nobody should be qualified to speak on anyone's experience except for that person. And I think that's the massive, massive problem that we have. This is a problem all around the world for different scenarios with abuse. But, you know, we're seeing it a lot right now with USA Gymnastics and, you know, the Larry Nassar stuff. And then all the other coaches that are, you know, having accusations of abuse. You see people that have had good experiences wanting to, like, go to bat yeah, and discredit everyone that has come forward. And then they want to hear from all the people that had good experiences. And, like, that's fine and dandy, but this isn't the time or place for you to be talking about your good experience when you don't really know what somebody else was going through. You're not there when... But they do know because Lori had a smile on her face at the gym all the time. Right, that's how these people think, but that's not how that works. Like, you're not there when someone's in their room crying at night having suicidal thoughts or pulling out their eyelashes or they're afraid to go to the gym the next day or if they're unconscious for three days you know i'm referring to emily lazuski when she had her fall and then had a seizure and had the skull fractures like you're not there to experience all that so you're not at a place to talk right now we're seeing a bunch of letters of support i wrote a letter never got a response all they wanted to hear was bad stuff about maggie they didn't want to hear the good stuff. I've known No, her. we don't care about the good stuff. It's not about the good stuff. The good stuff does not erase the bad stuff. Right. I don't know how many times we had to say that. You could still be a, essentially a monster and be an abusive coach, an abusive person, and still have done good things in your past. You could have been nice to somebody. That's all part of the manipulation, to be honest. 
So, no, we don't care about the good stuff. That's not what we're talking it's, about. It would, just be, it would be just like somebody saying, like, well, you want to hear some good stories about Larry Nasser? Like, he wasn't all that bad. Like, no, we don't want to hear good stories at a time where we're trying to get justice for those who had bad stories. Right. Oh, my God. It's so annoying. How much longer is this for <laughs> 20 years. And this, everybody who's complaining is in this little span of who knows Lori and the Olympics or who was asked to leave the team but 20 years they didn't want to hear from me sorry we had to pause it we're sitting next to our house phone that keeps trying to rain on us so we had to pause it but um, also to what was just said this is like the most victim shamey thing ever <laughs> I can't never responded to my letters so I, I don't know how they call that fair taking away her passion um you're taking away all the years she spent in the gym coaching and holidays she spent mm -hmm. in the gym coaching without her family no. usa gymnastics needs to do better but not by taking an innocent coach and making an example out of them oh no, no 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 see the thing is maggie haney did this to herself nobody is doing this to maggie haney maggie haney did this to herself and it, saying like you're taking away like her passion and her life and da 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 like yeah think about what she took away from so many young girls mm -hmm. who trained with her for all these years think about what she took from them that to me is the biggest scapegoat story that i've seen usa gymnastics has to clear their name usa gymnastics over the years has had a serious problem right they teach their coaches to be a certain way everything is out there it's been a one-sided story so far not once has the organization approached the existing families here to find out what our experience has been. The problem that I have with this is that there is only one side to the story. There's only one side to Lori's story. There's one side to Riley's story. There's one side to all of the stories, even the anonymous ones. We don't need to hear from other gymnasts at the gym, you know, younger athletes, the parents of the athletes. Nothing that you're going to say is going to change what they experienced. Yeah, the athletes are saying that they experienced. Right, because you imagine journalists reaching out to this dad of a random girl that goes to the gym and being like, hey, like, what's your side of the story? Did this, like, actually happen to Lori? Like, why would you be reached for comment on that? And why would you, why would they involve you at all when you're not involved with it? Yeah, I think that people think that they're entitled to have a side in somebody's experience with abuse. Mm -hmm. And that's like the most cringy, annoying thing about what he just said is that he truly believes that himself and the other parents at this gym have a right to have a comment on Lori's story, or Riley, or whoever, you know, mm -hmm. whatever athlete they are thinking about in their head. Yeah, this was very much directed towards Lori, but it kind of applies to all of them. Yeah, you don't get to have a side. You don't get to share your side of the story to someone's experience with abuse. Mic drop. And that's probably been the most troubling part. So, our children, you know, they're smart. They're older now. Everybody has some sense of sort of social media. They see what's going on, right? Questions come back. Mom, Dad, are we going to have a gym to go to? Uh, you know, Mom, Dad, what are we going to do if we can't do gymnastics at that gym? Mom, Dad, if well, MG Lee goes gym. away, I don't want to go to another gym. You know, we love MG Lee. We love Maggie. We love the coaches. This is the stuff we hear day in and day out. So we're having to have those conversations with our children. I have a group of gymnasts who are waiting for me to return, to come back into the gym, to coach them. Um, they don't want to leave my, my program, my former program. Um, they're waiting on my return. And they want me to be their coach. And I don't think it's fair that kids and parents have said things to ruin a career of mine and to ruin a team. And to I almost don't even know what to say. You did that. It's literally what I just said. It's like, you did that. Nobody's she... done this except for yourself and your actions. Like, take responsibility. She's a little delusional, if you ask me, as well as all these parents that support her. They just have this completely different, like, sense of reality. Like, what they're perceiving as reality is not actually what's going on. And it's kind of sad that they're completely blind to it. And also, it bothers me the fact that she says it's not fair. And it's like something that you said just a few moments ago. 
what's not fair is that so many young girls had to grow up as a gymnast in that program and suffer from emotional abuse or physical abuse and still live with the repercussions of that to this day. Whether that be depression, anxiety, losing the love for the sport, having any physical conditions, you know, like with Riley, you know. Yeah, Riley has a life-threatening condition. Yes. Maggie Haney's coaching tactics have had lifelong implications for the gymnast that she affected. So that's what's not fair, Maggie. You don't get to twist this around and make it about how, you know, this isn't fair to you because someone made an allegation against you and just completely diminish the impact of your actions and your words. And I'm just, as we're sitting here watching this, I'm just so weirded out by the concept of this video. Like, making a really, like, high-quality production out of people, like, gaslighting someone... I know. It's so gross. It really is. It's a, I've never seen anything like this before. And the future for all of these young and upcoming athletes. Now you have this eight-year suspension. What about our girls' future? I mean, my daughter, let's face it, we all have the dream, that's why we're here, that your daughter can possibly be an elite. I mean, here you now took this amazing coach out of you. USA Gymnastics, who is like has brought girls to gold medal and put her like blood sweat and tears into this and now hello like there's 40 families here 40 families here that absolutely love her we're we're good with with the place and we're happy and the way that things are going now i feel like um i don't want that happiness taken away from my child to be ripped from someone that they care about and love so much it goes both ways Doing that to a child, to me, is just as abusive. For 40 families that are still here, waiting for her to come back to us. We, none of us have left. None of us ever want to leave her. I want to come back in the gym, and I want to be with my team. Who wants me to be with them. I want to coach girls who don't want to have to leave New Jersey to get the training that they moved to New Jersey for. Well, there's a gym that's like right down the road called Ine Paramus. How about they all go there? Because you're done for for at least the next eight years. And in my opinion, you should be done for for the rest of your life. Right. We made a whole episode talking about this subject already. And we were pretty confident with saying that Maggie should never be able to coach again. Let alone having the option to coach again after her eight-year suspension is up. Is that the end of the video? There's a couple more seconds. Um, I love being in the gym. It's what I do. So I want to come back in here. And be with the girls. And that's the end. So what are your thoughts overall? I don't feel bad for Maggie. And I don't really feel bad for the girls that are still there. Um, you know, that's a choice that they're making to stay there. But to sit there and hope that you can reverse something that has already been decided. And clearly there's been enough evidence and proof for them to make that decision. Um, so they can go ahead and keep living in this completely different reality of what's happening. And, you know, that's their prerogative, I guess. But And I think it's very possible that some of the parents of the gymnasts that are still at MG Elite, you know, they're still under Maggie's manipulative control. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping that's something that maybe someday their eyes will open and they'll realize. I would hate for it to come at the expense of their daughter's physical or mental well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hate to see it get to that point, but it's hard to watch. That, that video is very hard to watch. To see so many people band together to discredit somebody to discredit to call them liars to make it sound like it didn't happen at all um they're making things up Uh, i I feel so badly for anybody that's had a really bad experience with maggie that sees that video because you know they're going to because like we mentioned in the beginning just the way things are and things travel around and it was in that new york times article so you know that this is going to get back to them and that's a really really hard thing to watch they've already probably made you know, so much progress in their healing. And now this is almost like a setback. I, I hope it's not. But I, I for me, if this, if I was in their shoes, I feel like this would be a setback for yeah. me to see um, somebody that did something so wrong to you. Not only feel the need to come out and do this, but then to have so many supporters 
Um, and then to make a whole like video production out of it, it's just a really weird move and it doesn't sit very well with me. I wanted to, real quickly before we end this, I wanted to touch on just a couple of things that were said in the New York Times article. Um, we talked about, you know, parents and how Maggie tries to blame the parents for what happened and say it's their fault. Along those lines, one thing that she said was that these parents become too invested in their daughter's success and how, you know, they will lash out at anyone and potentially crush anyone who stands in their daughter's way. And that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, especially in regards to someone like Lori, who has had a bunch of success. You know, why would her coach ever be in her way on her journey? If she's innocent and as great as she says she is and as great as all these people say she is, why would anyone need to lash out or crush her? You know, what right. is, what's the incentive yep. to doing that? Lori has already achieved the greatest thing that you can in the sport, which is, you know, Olympic gold and silver. And, you know, this clearly isn't about success. She's already had success. She's doing this, quote unquote, doing this after her success. So it's not about that. It's about holding Maggie and Victoria accountable for what they put her through. Yeah. And I think sometimes it takes stepping away from the sport to realize it, mm -hmm. to, growing up to realize it. You know, we can't fault Lori for speaking out after the Olympics and her experience there. You know, she didn't want her chances of making an Olympic team to be her. She didn't want to have fear of retaliation. You know, there's a lot of really logical reasons why someone would wait to speak out. Especially someone in her position and at her age. Yes. And we should know these things by now. As a society, how are we still at a point, as a gymnastics community, we can even break it down into that, how are we still, after everything that we've been through in the last four years, going on five years, still at a point where we're hearing someone's experience and then wanting to take away from it? Mm -hmm. with, a, with a positive experience. And that's also kind of why we want to keep talking about it. And we said this in the beginning when we had not a lot of people. Most people, I think, would be in, agree in agreement with us. But, um, you know, some people don't want to talk about this. They want to stop. and Or they want to pretend like it didn't happen or yeah. it wasn't a big deal. And that people's lives weren't affected by it. When they were. And that's the reality. But I think by continuing to talk about it, you're letting it be known that not only is the behavior that got Maggie in the situation that she's in in the first place not good, but it's not okay to say, well, my daughter had a good experience, so this shouldn't be happening. Like, that crap needs to stop. And this doesn't apply to just gymnastics. This is, like, you can apply this to other situations. This is a life lesson. Life. It is. Like, that kind of stuff needs to stop. And this is coming from people that have been gaslighted their whole lives. <laughs> um, yeah, we're, like, professional gaslighties. Truly, this is, like, insane to me. Something I want to end on, this was also in that article, was Maggie saying that the culture in the sport has shifted too far and that the sport will be full of underachievers going forward. And I just want to make it clear to people that there is a way to win and be great without shaming people for their weight, forcing them to train while injured, name calling, not spotting them, you know, on and on, all the horrible things that Maggie has done. There are ways that you can coach athletes and have them be great and achieve amazing things without all that. That, to me, is not coaching. That's bullying. And that's the shit that's not okay anymore. And Maggie, like, you're a perfect example of what's going to happen when a coach is abusive emotionally, verbally, and physically. Because we pointed out, that's physical abuse. People think of it as, like, pushing or punching or hitting or, you know, she, she's been accused of grabbing people by their hair. That's physical abuse. Um, not spotting someone, that's physical abuse. Forcing someone to train when they have a severe injury that could be life-altering. Mm-hmm. And I think that up until now, we haven't really seen a lot of examples of coaches actually being punished for things like emotional and verbal abuse. So I believe one of the parents said that in the video, how like they're trying to make an example out of Maggie. Yep. And I'm glad that they are because it's about yeah, time. I was going to say, as they should. The sport has been shifting for the last few years, ever since the Larry Nassar scandal, and the USA is still dominant as ever. My hope is that these girls are now just happier, healthier, and more comfortable with speaking out if they aren't being treated properly. That's the only thing that's changing. I don't think the success of USA Gymnastics is going to go anywhere. Um, I think it's proven that you can be successful and not have abusive ways to your coaching. 
you know, these girls, they should be happy, healthy, and comfortable speaking out if they're not. And that's exactly how it should be. Yeah, and I think that by continuing to have articles that come out like this New York Times one, the video, wherever the heck that video even came from, by having that type of stuff continue, that is what's bringing the culture. Like, it's, they're trying to, like, revert the culture back to what it was before. This culture of silence. Like... How dare you speak out against Maggie? You know, she was wonderful to my daughter. She was wonderful to me. I was in the gym and I didn't see this happen. It doesn't mean that it didn't happen. And your positive experience doesn't take away from a single negative experience that comes out in the future. It doesn't matter if it's a year after the Olympics. It doesn't matter if it's 10 years after the Olympics. People really need to stop victim blaming and victim shaming people for coming forward and speaking about their experience and telling their truth. Yeah, because everyone has realizations at different points in their life and everyone copes with trauma and these experiences, these negative experiences in different ways. So we need to have a little more empathy for people and stop being so judgmental to how people deal with their trauma. And I think that all of this and continuing to talk about it really just sends the message that it's not going to be tolerated anymore. So we're going to wrap this up. Thank you guys so much for listening. And if you are somebody who is a Maggie Haney supporter or, you know, if you're a parent of an athlete that currently trains at MGLE, please don't feel free to reach out to us. We don't really want to see your emails. I think that we've made it very clear, I think, where we stand on this and nothing anyone says is going to change our minds about it. We're not interested at all in entertaining the idea that there's another side to the story, that Maggie's being, you know, misunderstood, misrepresented with false claims. We aren't really interested in entertaining that idea. We are choosing to stand with the survivors and believe them, and we hope that you can find it in your heart to do the same, even if that means having to move your daughter to a different gym, or if it means having to turn away from a coach who has been kind to your gymnast after learning that they weren't so kind to another gymnast. That may mean making some difficult changes in your life, and hopefully you can get to that point soon, sooner rather than later. But in the meantime, please let the gymnasts that have come forward share their stories, let their stories stand alone, don't feel the need to provide any back information or a positive experience in an attempt to discredit or negate their experience. I think that's the final driving point that I want to make with this. We'll be back on Monday with another NCAA preview and hopefully we'll have an interview with that one. So thank you guys for tuning in to this little bonus episode and we hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Bye, Bye. guys.